All right, it's great to be with you uh, again today. And I wanted to just, uh, if you have anyone with you, wherever you are joining the service from, I wanted to just tell the person, uh, God is doing great things in your life. In fact, can I me tell the person, say, it's a new season in your life. Praise God, praise God. And you know what happens when it's a new season. Uh, old things pass away, all things become new. And there's a level of preparedness that God is always expecting from us when we come into new seasons. I know seasons are, seasons are changing. Many people watching us from, uh, uh, from different parts of the world, you are in summer and things, all things are bright and beautiful right now. And I want you to know that also in your life, uh, God has brought you to a new season. And a new season demands a new outlook, a new attitude, a new tenacity for the word of God, uh, a new zeal for the kingdom of God, and a, a new expectation of the things that God is about to do this season. And I believe uh, that God, who is speaking to you today, will bring to pass his word in your life and really launch you into a new season in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. So whatever you're joining this service from today, I want to welcome you very, very specially. I believe that God, who has started a good work in you, he will also perfect it in Jesus' precious name. We've been on a teaching series, uh, which we have tagged, Greater faith, greater faith, and we have examined what what makes what what is what 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 is greater faith. Uh, we've talked about the fact that greater faith uh, is premised on the understanding of the Word of God, the principles of the Word, and uh, living and abiding with such principles. We also said last week that shaping events come. And when shaping events come, they come to test the strength of my faith and your faith. Uh, and when, when we embrace this shaping event with the right attitude, knowing that they're not coming to knock down our faith, but to build it up. Because when you, when, when you work out your muscles, they, they, they don't, the workout does not destroy your muscle. It gives you more strength. It tones it and then, you know, prepares you uh, to be able to do more with your physical strength. And that's what happens spiritually uh, when you start to allow, I mean, to, to, to embrace the different kinds of events that will shape your faith. If you missed that message last week, uh, I want to encourage you to get on any of our platforms and watch again and again and uh, download the MP3 on our resource site and I believe it will be a blessing to you. Again, I want to welcome you from wherever you're joining us from, from North America, from Canada, from uh, London, England, from uh, West Africa, Nigeria, different cities in Nigeria and different parts of the world, from the Far East, from the Middle East, from Australia, from other parts of Europe. I want to welcome you very, very specially uh, to this service today. As we continue in this teaching series, I want you to put distractions away from you and get ready to be blessed by the Word of God. Get ready to be blessed by the Word of God. And if you're in a company of people, whether online or offline, please make sure to encourage somebody's faith as we teach today. Say something, uh, you know, send an emoji, something that, that will lighten up the room and that will build faith in the heart of everyone around you because God wants to use you this season to be an agent of encouragement in the life of everyone around you. And as you sow seeds of encouragement, you will also get a seed of encouragement in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Today, I'm sharing on what I titled why faith fails. Why faith fails. Why faith fails. You know, sometimes people uh, discharge their faith, they live by faith, and they don't get the kind of result that they want. And uh, it looks like faith has failed. You see, when we don't understand how to walk by faith, 
how to live by faith, and we don't understand that the righteous, the just, the, anyone who has been justified uh, uh, by, by, by the blood of Jesus, anyone who is saved, has only one way to live, and that is to live by faith. So believers are expected, believers are expected to live by faith and not by their own wisdom, capabilities, skills, connections, or talents. And when you read with me from Habakkuk chapter 2, from verse uh, 2 to 5, I read from the New Living Translation. Let's start from there today. Habakkuk chapter 2, uh, from verse 2 down to 5 in the New Living Translation. It says, Then the Lord said to me, Write my answer plainly on tablets, so that a runner can carry the correct message to another. I mean, to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end. It will be fulfilled. He said it described the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, if it looks like my faith is failing or fading or it's not producing results, he said if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Say amen, somebody. Uh, and it says, look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives and are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. He said, wealth is treasurous and the arrogant are never at rest. They open their mouth as wide as the grave and like, uh, like death. They are never satisfied in their greed. Uh, they have uh, or they have gathered up many nations and swallow many people. This scripture talks about, you know, the fact that the righteous, anyone that is in Christ, there's only one way to live. He said the just shall live by faith, by trusting in God, by acting on what they believe. That's how we live as, a, as believers. We trust God, we act on what we believe. That's how we live as believers. Many people base, you know, their decisions uh, to responses, uh, uh, you know, circumstances around them, or as response to circumstances around them, whereas the Bible says we should base our decisions on the Word of God, on uh, what the Word has to say, on what the Holy Spirit is telling us. And faith is the only way that everyone who is saved who has been justified by the blood of Jesus. There's only one way to live. We don't live by our, uh, you know, only by our skill or our network or anything like that. Those things are good, but we want to base our decisions, we want to base our action on that which aligns with the word of God. Proverbs chapter 3, when you read from verse 5, 6, and 7, also in the New Living Translation, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. He will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. I think that's a very good one. I'll say it again. He said, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Say amen, somebody. Says, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Don't be impressed by your own wisdom. It's just that many ways people live. Some people live only by their own wisdom, 
by their own understanding. He said, trust the Lord with all your heart. That's faith. And do not depend on your own understanding. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, to a woman, but the end thereof is a way of destruction. It's a path of destruction. So there's a framework for faith work. And when you live your life by this framework, what happens is that you start to see uh, your faith thrive, your faith produce. Let me start out uh, uh, again with this, this framework, because this framework, we're going to walk through it as I go on with today's message. I, 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 I'm trusting God to not only use this message to challenge you, but also use it to transform your faith work. Uh, because your faith will no longer fail this season. Say a big amen, somebody. I say your faith will no longer fail this season. In the precious name of Jesus, this season, your expectations will come to pass. Every word uh, of God that you are holding on to will produce results in your life in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. So there's a framework for the faith work. Faith, like we have said often and often, is that faith is acting on what you believe. Faith is not just believing. The Bible says even the devil believes and he trembles, but he does not act on what he believes. He believes that God has power. But it doesn't act, it, it doesn't act, it, it does not change its life. You can believe anything until you start to act on what you believe. Uh, your belief system is useless. You know, I can believe that if I, if I put my, my car key in the ignition and I start the car, the, uh, I can engage a gear and, the, and the, 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 the car will move, you know, and all that. Until I do it, I'm going to be on a standstill. I won't be able to drive myself. I won't be able to get to the next destination. Uh, you can believe that, oh, if I, if I feed, if I, if I eat a good meal, I'll, I will be well nourished and I will be okay. Until you eat the food, uh, th there's no nourishment coming to you. That's how life is. Faith is not just believing. Faith is acting on what I believe. So there's the framework for the faith work, for the just to live by faith. And what, the first thing there that I want to mention today is instructions from, from the word of God. What does the Bible say about this thing that you want to do? What does the Bible say about it? How do you embrace instructions from the word of God? That's the first thing. Be doers of the word, not just hearers. We want to be doers of the word and not just hearers. And it's, the, it's instructions from the word of God that we act on. Secondly, we also act on, by faith, specific instructions from the Holy Spirit. Specific instructions from the Holy Spirit. So we believe the word of God. We act on the word of God. And secondly, we incline our ears to the Holy Spirit. We position ourselves with an atmosphere that can enable the Holy Spirit to minister to us. And then when he speaks, we obey specific instructions from the Holy Spirit. The big question this morning before I move forward is, uh, when was the last time you engage divine presence? Your position, uh, maybe in worship, maybe in prayer, maybe, you know, anyhow, your you, you position in the word of God. You study the word and something jumped out of the word to you as a specific, we call it a rhema word, a spoken word, a specific word that God has given to you. A specific instruction in a situation. You know, I can be in a marriage, and the last time uh, I open up my heart 
for God to direct me concerning the affairs of my marriage maybe two years ago, maybe pre-COVID. Some people have so walked away from the word of God thinking they can live by their instinct or by, uh, you know, by advice from other people or anyhow, just, just, just get by. But the Bible says the just shall live by faith and that's a framework for the faith work. And if my faith will not fail, I need to abide by this framework for the faith work. I get instructions from the word of God. I get specific instructions from the Holy Spirit. Definite instructions. Be spoke to me. Tailor made to me. And it's just for me. And I don't have to copy other instructions from other people. There's some parts of the word of God that are generic. And all believers are supposed to align with them. That's why we have the written word. But there are specific instructions that God will give each individual in every situation. Thirdly, no action born out of emotional or psychological pressure. So when you get into hasty situations, anxiety, or competition, I want to outdo somebody else, maybe at work, maybe at home, maybe my spouse, maybe a friend, then I want to take the same decision that they're taking. Or disobedience to instruction, uh, you know, in the world, or instruction received specifically. So no action born out of emotional or psychological pressure. If I want to walk the faith walk with God, I must understand and read the word of God to obey the word of God, generic, specific word that the Holy Spirit will speak to me. Then I do away uh, uh, from all kinds of action that can be motivated by negative emotions or psychological pressure. Philippians 4 and verse 6, it says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, say, let your request be made known unto God. He said, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That's New King James Version, Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. When I allow pressure and anxiety and worry to drive me, one of the first things that will start to happen is that I will start to walk out of faith because I will not be patient enough to allow the peace of God to guide me or for the word of God to come into my heart or to take delivery of what God is saying in a situation. And, you know, nothing can be further from the truth, but before you know it, you will start to, to make uh, uh, decisions that are out of alignment with the will of God. That will not be your portion in the precious name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. All right? And the fourth thing in this framework is thanksgiving. So I've mentioned instruction from the word of God specific instructions from the Holy Spirit that I should avoid actions, you know, born out of negative emotions or psychological pressure. And third thing is that if I want to walk in faith, I want to practice a faith walk with God, I must embrace the attitude of gratitude, thanksgiving, because thanksgiving gives us peace. Just like Philippians 4 and verse 6 that I read, thanksgiving gives us peace. And enables us to see the way of escape in every situation, in every temptation. And then it, 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 just, it just has a way of uh, helping us to embrace the peace of God that drives us in the right direction. Glory be to Jesus. So never forget this framework. It's very important. If I don't want my faith to fail and I want to walk with God by faith, which is the only way that is recommended that anyone that is in Christ Jesus 
should live their life. Everyone that is in Christ Jesus should walk. Then I must be the kind of person who is always walking within this framework. Within this framework. It's very, very important. Very, very important. So uh, do what God leads you to do. Beware of, you know, just copying other people, other people's instruction. Because my instruction may not be your instruction. My instruction may not be your instruction. You can imagine when God instructed Abraham to go and sacrifice his son Isaac. If you also have a son, an only son, but God did not speak to you. If you go to sacrifice your own son, you may not get a ram that is caught in the ticket. There may not be a free ram to substitute your own Isaac. Because you don't have any instruction, you are only copying. What are the instructions that God is giving you this season? If you lack instruction, that's the reason why you should pay more attention to the Bible. Because right in the Bible, you'll be able to gain specific instructions for yourself. In the place of worship, in the place of thanksgiving and prayers, God wants to impact certain thoughts on your mind. He wants to reveal himself to you in a different way that will facilitate your faith work, that will power your faith work to the next level. I pray for you one more time today that your faith will no longer fail this season. In the precious name of Jesus. Somebody say a better amen. You know, I said at the beginning that it's a new season for someone. And when a new season has come, what God expects you and I to do is to gain power with him to enter into the new season. And a new season, uh, uh, my capacity to enter into a new season will be facilitated by my understanding of the will of God for that season. And when I understand it, faith is then required to walk in the fullness of it. Glory be to Jesus. I said, glory be to Jesus. Uh, let me go a little further. Now that you understand the framework, I want to uh, do a little case study with two uh, 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 characters in the scriptures. There are two, for the sake of this message, we assume that there are two principal errors that can make someone's faith fail consistently or not pan out into the perfect will of God. The first person I want to talk about today is Jacob. And I want to look at the life of Jacob from the point of view of the imperative of absolute surrender. One of the things that will guarantee that my faith and your faith will work from time to time is when we choose uh, to embrace the path of absolute surrender to God. Absolute surrender to God. You know what, what uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 that we read earlier said. Proverbs 3 and verse 5. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. Somebody say all my heart. Say it again. Say all my heart. Not some of my heart. Not a part of my heart. But all my heart. Proverbs 3 and verse 5. Say trust in the Lord with all your heart. With all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. I want to trust the Lord with all my heart. The faculties of life where my understanding is extremely useful and needful. But when it comes to faith work, my natural instinct, natural understanding, natural disposition, the dictates of my five senses will not always work. If not, my faith will fail flat. I need to be able to trust him based on the framework that I described, based on what he's telling me in his word, based on what the word of God permits, based on what the Holy Spirit is instructing me to do. And it will take absolute surrender if you will be able to trust God this way. In Genesis 32, 
when you read from verse 3, we see the story of Jacob. And this happened to be towards the end of Jacob's story in the Bible. Or towards the end of his sojourn in, in a foreign land where he was with his uncle Laban. But if I backtrack a little bit, you know the story of Jacob from the beginning. Jacob had a situation where even from birth, when his mother gave birth to him, the Bible says that he was holding on to the heels of his brother Esau. Esau came out first, but Jacob also came out holding the heels of his brother. Uh, so ordinarily, uh, you will say that he came out of the womb struggling. They named him Jacob. His father named him Jacob. And Jacob means a deceiver, a deceptive person, a supplanter. That's what Jacob means. Uh, and this name eventually played out in his life in a big way. Uh, because Jacob thought that to make a headway in life, you have to be able to cheat your way through. You should always, you know, uh, always find the shortcut. Always deceive somebody and get through. And many people are not able to differentiate between absolute surrender to God, the imperative of absolute surrender to God, and being street smart or trying to always get your way. Jacob was a hustler. And, uh, and uh, the, the potential to cheat was very strong with him. You know, he followed his desire to the point where he could no longer really rely on God to work things out for him. He had to work things out for himself. Assuming that God had given a word that Jacob, you know, will be greater than his brother and he will be the one to take over the lineage from Isaac. There are ways God could have worked this out apart from Jacob just deceiving his dad. Yeah, we, 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 we just need to put everything on the table today and let's shake the table. You know, Esau messed up. He couldn't control his appetite. But when it comes to owning up to say, you know what? I paid a price for this bat ride so I can pick it up. And then confront your dad and know that you paid a price for it. Jacob had to deceive, you know, spoke like Esau, covered his body so that his father, who could not really see, who, now, who then suffered, you know, visual impairment, uh, could feel his body and feel like maybe this is Esau. And that's how some people do. You mix deception plus faith. Oh, I feel this thing belongs to me, but, you know, I can, I can use any means to get there. Uh, there are not many sisters within the body of Christ who has a word from God that they're going to get married, that they're going to have a beautiful home. They're standing on the word of God. But go through ungodly ways to flex their way through. Sometimes lie and deceive to be able to get the attention of somebody, whether it's a brother or a sister. Brothers do it, sisters do it. Some believers will, in, a, in a way of working by faith to get a job, change something in their CV. I'm shaking this table really hard this, this, this day. You know, change something. Turn something around just to be able to get a job. Change your age. Change, you know, add an experience that you really don't have. And then when you get the job, you come to church and say, praise the Lord. Our God is very good. 
You know, I went for that interview, and when they saw my CV, oh, they said, you know, uh, I, I, I was, I, I'm so qualified for the job, and then, you know, I got the job. But you won't tell us all the other stories around it. That was how the life of Jacob was, always deceiving, always finding a way around everything. But faith requires total surrender if you will get results with God. Lasting result, I mean, result that will not bring you anxiety and fear and trepidation and that will not steal your peace from you. There are many people in different parts of the world today, you know that you mix deception with many things. Ordinarily saying that maybe they come to your office for ins inspection or something, or they're trying to verify documents, uh, you lose your peace. You lose your peace. And you say you're fasting. It's not that you're fasting. It's just that you, you, you've lost your appetite because you know what has happened in time past. Faith in God must be absolute or it may soon become impotent. Yeah. It has to be absolute or it may soon become impotent. I read a commentary of uh, uh, Frederick uh, Buchner, a renowned Christian author. He characterized Jacob's divine encounter at Jabok, the Jabok River, in, in Genesis 32, after Jacob had deceived his father and then took the birthright, Jacob, let me just give one minute summary of Jacob's life. Jacob deceived his father, took the birthright, ran uh, to, to, to his uncle in connivance with his mom, and then uh, got there. He met his match in Laban. Laban said, seven years and you'll marry your wife, Rachel. And he served. Then Laban cheated him. You know, God started to show him that you are not, uh, uh, you are a small boy in this matter of deception. Laban was a big boy. Uh, uh, and 14 years before he could get his wife. And then Laban was tricking him, reviewing his wages. All this did not bring Jacob to a point where he would say, look, I am very good with strategy, but maybe I should rely on God. Eventually, God came through for him by a stroke of mercy and said, it's time for you to go. And then God had to organize for Laban to be warned so that he can let him go. But when Jacob was coming back at the brook Jabok or the river Jabok, like the, this, this renowned author, Frederick Butner, was saying here uh, in this commentary, he says, uh, characterize, he characterized Jacob's divine encounter at Jabok on his way back when he was afraid of Esau and he, was, he, he lost his peace. He couldn't sleep. He didn't know what Esau was going to do to him, he, he said uh, it's a, a magnificent defeat of the human soul at the hands of God. It, it's in Jacob's story, we can easily recognize our own elements of struggle, fear, darkness, loneliness, vulnerabilities, empty feelings of powerlessness, exhaustion, and relentless pain. You know, when you have cheated and you've done all kinds of things and everything is coming back to you. Jacob knew he was going to face Esau. If he will walk, go back to Canaan, the place of promise where the full blessing of God upon Abraham is supposed to be fulfilled. Then Jacob had to go back. Genesis 32, Jacob was going back to, to Canaan, to Esau. And he, he had to plan and strategize. He still not completely come to that place where you will completely depend on God. And somebody may be listening to me today. You know that you have added too many things to your faith. 
that have corrupted your faith. You know that you're not trusting God completely. You know that you have options and alternatives. And sometimes you want to just mix everything together, like Jacob had done. But every Jacob needs an encounter with Jehovah to come to that place of vulnerability, to come to that place, especially when it looks like you are losing control of everything. You need to come to that place where the Holy Spirit can arrest you and put you in the right place. Because until Jacob had that encounter with God, he was still looking for strategies to sail through. The Bible says in verse, 30, verse 3 of Genesis 32, then Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, Speak thus to my brother Esau. Thus your servant Jacob says, I have dwelt with Laban and stayed there until now. I have oxen, I have donkeys, flocks, and male and female servants. And I have sent to, uh, I've sent to tell you, my Lord, that I may find favor in your sight. He was trying to curry favor from Esau. And then he, 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 he rolled out his strategy and all that. And, he, he, you know, the messengers came back and told him, gave him the shocker of his life. Because Esau, the Bible says, they returned to Jacob saying, we came to you, to your brother Esau, and he also is coming to meet you. And 400 men are with him. So Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. And he decided, sorry, he divided the people that were with him. And the flock and herds and camel into two companies. You know, he came up with all kinds of strategies. All, all you know, fear-induced strategies. The moment he heard that Esau was coming, and Esau had 400 people with him. He thought Esau was coming with 400 people to attack him. So he quickly came up with strategies. Let's divide everything into two. We'll send some, you know, uh, forward, you know, verse 8 here. And he said, if Esau comes to one company and attacks it, then the other company which is left will escape. Then Jacob said, you know, he had done his strategy. Then he said, oh God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, Return to your country and your family, and I will deal well with you. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercy and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I cross over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have come, I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hands of my brother, from the hands of Esau. For, for, uh, for I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the, and the mother of, my, uh, of the children, uh, uh, and the children with me. For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendant as the sand of the sea uh, that cannot be numbered in multitude. You know, Jacob said all this and then said a prayer. After he had done his strategy, that's when he remembered God. He should have put God first. This prayer should have come before all the division and all the strategy. How am I going to miss Esau? You know, all the smartness. And that's how many people behave. And that's why our faith sometimes will not pull through. Now, if you read your Bible well, in especially this verse 32, you know what happened afterwards. The Bible says in verse 13, So he lodged there that same night and took what came to his hand 
as a present for Esau, his brother. And he set up, you know, all kinds of things, present, uh, gold, camel, milk of camel, you know, all kinds of things that he, he planned to give his brother. And after he finished, you know, he prayed and still went back to strategy. Jacob should, would not just be able to, you know, take himself off and say, God, what do you really want me to do in this situation? But thank God that God showed up with him. Uh, he showed up to him. In verse 22, the Bible talks about how Jacob wrestled with God. Because the Bible says he was left alone, verse 24. Uh, he was left alone. He was tired. He had not been able to sleep. He had been on the road. Then he was left alone and he started to wrestle with a stranger. Obviously, an angel from God. He wrestled with this angel so much that when it, the day was almost breaking, the angel wanted to go because this guy is just used to struggle. Is there someone listening to me today who needs to come to terms with God's will and God's purpose, but you are struggling? You know what the Bible demands of you. You know what true faith demands of you. You know what the will of God in that situation should be, but you are struggling. I pray for you today that the hold of struggles will be broken over your life. Uh, that you will have an encounter that, 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 that will not be fatal like the encounter of Jacob. You know, many people uh, always wait until God wrestles them down, but sometimes the encounter is fatal. When you are walking in the wrong direction, when you are refusing to align with God and allow God to have his way. But thank God for, for, for Jacob. In this place, Jacob wrestled. He got to a point. You know, he, he loved being in control. Maybe I'm speaking to somebody today who, who, who loves to always be in control. The angel looked at him and said, this guy is tough. He's a fighter. The angel was about to go. That was when it dawned on him. This angel may have come with a blessing for me. Something that would change my story as I go to meet my brother. And that was when he then held the angel and said, I will not let you go except you bless me. And then the angel blessed him. Uh, but before, the, before he will hold the angel, the angel, uh, for the angel to, to, you know, to, to, to get rid of him, the angel had to hit his socket out of joint. When Jacob became, you know, almost losing his hip and he could not walk properly, that's when it dawned on him that this struggle must come to an end. Somebody listen to me today. You may have lost something. Uh, you may have lost your health. You may have lost your hip. You may have lost something. Don't wait until you lose everything before you recognize that God wants you to trust him absolutely. Glory be to Jesus. And you know, Jacob then came to that point. His sense returned to him. And the rest, like we say, is history. The angel eventually left. Jacob knew that even if he wanted to fight Esau, he couldn't fight again. He was now limping. But by the time he would show up before Esau, you know what happened. Esau embraced him. Esau didn't take anything that he was going to offer. God had already gone ahead of him. The Bible says, if the way of a man pleases the Lord, he will make his enemies to be at peace with him. Jacob, you know, had gotten used to receiving blessings by deception, but God wanted to bless him through surrender. Because when he surrendered, then God said, your name will no longer be Jacob, deceiver. Your name will be Israel. For you have, uh, you have struggled or wrestled with God and with men and you have prevailed. Now you are a prince or a victor with God. Glory be to Jesus. So if necessary, God will cause us to limp, to increase our vulnerability. If necessary, 
God will cause you to, you know, for your hip to go out of joint so that you can be more dependent on him. He will cause us to lean to increase our vulnerability and dependency on him and not in our ability. And that's what we saw in the life of Jacob. How are you planning to face your Esau? That's a big question that all of us must answer. How are you planning to face your Esau? Esau may be somebody that you are hoeing. Esau may be somebody that you have deceived. Esau may be somebody that you have, you have mistreated. Esau may be anything. It's time to depend on God when you have to face your Esau. So that you, you, you won't have to be your hip knocked out of socket before God will come true for you. Say amen, somebody. The second part of this that I, I, I want to share quickly today as I wrap up, if your faith will not fail, is for you to understand, based on the framework that we described at the beginning, that one, God wants us to live a life that acts on his word, his written word, that the Holy Spirit will give us specific instructions from time to time, that our actions must not be dictated by negative emotions and and, you know, an anxiety and all those kind of things, and that we must live a life of thanksgiving and gratitude where the peace of God can guide us into every decision. When we don't live like that, we struggle with surrenderedness. A second thing that happens when we don't live like that is that we are often attracted to plan B, all kinds of alternatives, options to faith, and plan B, like what happened to Abraham, which is the second character, and I'll close on this. Abraham, in Genesis 16, when you read from verse 1 to 6, Genesis 16 from verse 1 to 6, you see the story of Abraham. Abraham, uh, having waited from, for God, the Bible says, now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had born him no children. And uh, uh, she had, uh, you know, had an Egyptian maid. And Sarah, <laughs> uh, whom she, she named Agar, and then Sarah told Abraham, they see now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. They were supposed to be trusting God for children. We said, the Lord has restrained me from, go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain uh, children by her. And Abraham heeded the voice of Sarah. Abraham did not even push back. Bible says he heeded the voice of Sarah. Uh, be careful who you are listening to when you are trying to walk by faith. Be careful. Because Abraham was supposed to be the head of that home. And Abraham was the one that was supposed to, to remind Sarah that, look, this should not be our option. This should, we shouldn't have a plan B against what God has spoken to us. And all of us need to be careful about all kinds of options and plan Bs because God still speaks and we need to follow his divine instruction. Beware of ungodly plan Bs. Yeah, that's what I have to say to somebody today. Beware of ungodly plan Bs that create generational problem. Yeah, the they, they plan Bs have a way of creating generational problem that leads to regret. Because today, we still regret the fact that Abraham had Ishmael. Because when you read the scripture very well, the Bible says Ishmael will be against everybody and everybody will be against him. And most of the issues that are uh, that we have in the, you know, in the Middle East today, we're born out of that Abraham's mistake. Time will not permit me to get into that. Yeah. The Ishmaelites are always fighting hard and strong. Difficult to deal with. Yeah. Difficult to deal with. Glory be to Jesus. And just because of one mistake, one mistake of Abraham, 
a man that's supposed to stay with God, believe God, but when thoughts of alternatives come, we're sometimes, you know, very fast to want to embrace it. Especially if he's going to give us, uh, you know, a shortcut to what we have been trusting for. But you know what happened? In Genesis 17, after 13 years, the last verse of Genesis 16, the Bible says that uh, Agar had Ishmael and that Abraham was, was uh, 86 years old when uh, Agar had Ishmael. And in Genesis 17, from verse 1 there, the Bible says uh, that when Abraham was 99 years old, God waited for 13 years, and then he came back to Abraham. When Abraham was 99 years old, 13 years after, almost knocking 100, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. And he said, and I will make my covenant uh, between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. And God reminded him of everything he had spoken to him, and then made him to realize that, you see, I'm not going to bless Ishmael. I've given you a word. It's the sort of promise that I'll give you that will come from Sarah, not from Agar, but from Sarah. Are you changing your mind to Agar when God has spoken about Sarah? Every plan B, an alternative, Alternatives that are not in line with the will of God for your life will create problem. May God save you this season. Save you and I this season from all kinds of alternatives and plan Bs that will take us away from the perfect will of God in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. It's important to understand that Abraham did not come into the fullness of God's will for his life until God came back and said, you know what? Even now, that is looking impossible. Now that you are knocking a hundred, that it looks like your body can no longer perform, and Sarah's womb is now dead, I'm going to prove myself strong. Yeah. In spite of your plan B, I will, I will wipe out your plan B. So you're going to have to release this agar and, you know, uh, and, a, and a child and a son because the son of promise is still going to come. And you know, when Isaac came, there was a struggle between the son of promise and the son of plan B. Most of the time, when we go ahead of God, we create problems for the future. And until Abraham eventually released Agar and Ishmael, they did not have peace in that house. May your Ishmael not take the peace of your home away. May your career Ishmael not destroy your career. In the name of, may God save you from career Ishmael. Where you take a job, maybe just because the money is small, but God is saying, that this is the job that I want you to take, but you, you go to take another one. Maybe it's in a city that you love, or the money is small, or it looks like it has, you know, more prospect now, but you know in your heart that this is what God is saying. True faith will follow through with God and follow through with his purpose and his plan uh, from time to time. Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. So it's important that we understand it. The Bible says in Romans 4, uh, you know, when, when you, you read from about verse 17, it was recounting what Abraham did in, 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 you know, what happened when Abraham renewed his covenant with God in Genesis 17. That was when God now changed his name to Abraham and changed the name of Sarah to Sarah from Sarai. Uh, just to, to renew his covenant with them. That's why I said that somebody's coming into a new season. God is changing your name. God is changing the situation around you. He's renewing his covenant with you this season. It will require a follow-through of faith, of strong faith. 
that does not depend on all kinds of alternatives. Say amen, somebody. And I pray that the spirit of faith be imparted upon you today to follow through with God's original intention for your life. You will not fall back to plan B that will take you away from the will of God. In the precious name of Jesus, there's wisdom and fulfillment in taking faith-based actions as opposed to actions inspired by unbelief and doubt. Many people take actions inspired by unbelief and doubt and they, 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 they result into negative alternatives from God's will. And I think uh, I need to just balance this out before uh, 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 I say prayer and wrap up today. Because somebody may be asking, so pastor, if like Abraham, I've been waiting on God for a child and I have an opportunity maybe to adopt a child or to do, you know, in vitro fertilization, IVF we call it. Is that a negative alternative or plan B that may create problem for me in my future? I need to understand something. That any action that is taken outside of faith is seen. When I mean, how, what is motivating that action? If the action of adoption of, or engaging medical intervention of IVF is still motivated by faith that God can start you out from that point and build your faith and still give you a child the way you desire it, then it's not a negative plan B that can destroy your life. But when it is motivated by fear, when it's because you, are, you, you took that route because you have given up on God, when now you are no longer praying and you felt that God has failed you, Abraham was literally asking God to bless Ishmael. Oh, that Ishmael may be blessed in your presence. You know, when we take, uh, Abraham had to, 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 to sleep with another woman to be able to get Ishmael. The whole arrangement was wrong and he knew. If you want to take a decision, for instance, to have to do IVF or to, to, to adopt a child, is it motivated by fear or with faith in your heart? Because the same prayer, you need to pray for that IVF to, to succeed. And if God is giving you peace in your heart about it, to say, go ahead with this, then that's not a negative plan B. I, I'm just trying to, you know, uh, help somebody to understand this. This is also a season where people are trying to move to different parts of the world, relocate, you know, from your country to another country, from a city to another city. Please don't be in competition with your friends. Don't follow the trend. Make sure that God is leading you. God is speaking to you because anything that is done out of divine instruction is not faith. It's not faith. It's not faith. It's not faith. And it may result into a lot of regret. And you must understand that and live by that. Some people ask questions. Oh, if I'm trusting God for money, for business, and then I have an opportunity to take a loan, should I take the loan or not? Since the scripture says, oh, no man, nothing. Please, when it comes to business, an opportunity to take a loan is, uh, is, is not an opportunity that's open to everyone. If you have peace in your heart about that loan, go ahead and take it. Make sure you manage it well. Uh, give yourself a target. If I work with this loan for two years, for three years, I will have enough capital so I don't need a loan again. I can now loan out money to people. Glory be to Jesus. That's God's plan for your life. That's how, uh, I mean, the level that he wants to take you. I can go on and on and on about different things that people talk about, even simply taking medication. 
Medication is, uh, you know, when we have medication for different ailments, it's a scientific breakthrough. It's a medical breakthrough. There's no guarantee with any medication. So when you have healed health, except God gives you an express instruction not to treat yourself in a certain way, you need by faith to start a treatment that will lead to your healing whilst you are releasing your faith for God to heal you because God can use any means. But when your action is motivated by lack of faith in God, complete unbelief, that's a negative plan B that can uh, uh, continue to destroy your faith so that you don't trust God again. You only trust alternatives. May God deliver us from alternatives that will not glorify God. Last day today, Romans 14, for somebody who may be looking for a scripture, Romans 14, 21, 22, and 23, New King James Version. He said, it is, it is good neither to eat meat, nor drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumble or is, is offended or is made weak. Do you have faith? He said, have it to yourself before God. He said, happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves, but he who doubts is already condemned. He said, if he eats. If, so he said, because he does not eat by faith, for whatever is not from faith is sin. In this scripture, I was talking about maybe food offered to idols and things like that. And he says, look, well, if you eat, make sure that you are, you are sensitive to other people's conscience. You are sensitive to other people around you. Make sure it's motivated, uh, not just because you feel you have faith, but motivated by love and all that. When God has spoken to you concerning the situation, I need you to understand one thing. What he wants from you is to obey. If you have peace in your heart about anything, then God wants you to follow through with that peace. But when you have to disobey God, walk outside of his will to do something, to be able to get ahead in life, then you are walking in negative alternatives that will pitch you against God. And that eventually will lead to regret. And that's what I'm saying to somebody here today. God needs you to trust him absolutely. Obey his word. Listen to his spirit. Refrain from anything uh, that, is, that is motivated by negative emotions. Live a life of thanksgiving uh, so that from time to time, from time to time, you can engage his presence in the place of thanksgiving. His peace can guide your heart and you keep obeying his word. Is there one word that God has spoken to you in the past that you have forgotten that you need to go back to? Uh, should you look for a word in a situation right now so that you will know what you are following through with? Because the just shall live by faith and will live by faith and not by sight. Uh, according to Romans 1 and verse 17, you will move from one level of faith to the other in the name of Jesus. Uh, your faith will no longer fail. Every word that God has spoken to you will come to pass in the name of the Lord Jesus. I speak the peace of God over you and your household. And I declare over you today that the hand of God comes upon your life to lift you to the next level. May you engage your new season with grace and with faith in your heart. May confusion be taken away from you. May the Holy Spirit pervade and permeate your heart with his peace in the precious name of Jesus. May God guide you this season. May you walk into the fullness of God's will. May you walk into his perfect will for your life 
and for your household in the precious name of Jesus. Somebody lift your two hands to Jesus today and bless the name of Jesus and just thank him as you declare and moving from faith to faith, from grace to grace in the name of Jesus. The hand of God is upon me and my household. This season is a season of new beginning in our lives. We're stepping into newness. We're stepping into new experiences. Our faith is producing in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wave those hands to him and bless him. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to engage with your word today. We thank you because struggles are over in people's lives. We thank you because names and perceptions are changing. Somebody's moving from being a, a deceiver uh, to one who has power with God like Jacob. Somebody's moving from somebody who has given up on plan B. is moving from Abraham to Abraham uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus because God will bring his word to pass in your life and your faith will no longer fail in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Wave those hands to him and just bless him and just bless him. We thank you everlasting Father. We give you glory and we give you praise in the precious name of Jesus. So Holy Spirit confirm your word in every life. Uh, let your healing power flow through every life right now as your people will release their faith and uh, for anyone who may be going through any treatment and uh, Lord, we ask that you walk through every situation right now and cause healing to come. Bring healing for that mental health situation. We pray your healing power over somebody's finances today. And we thank you because a great testimony is coming out as your people stand firm to release their faith and lay hold on their inheritance for this season. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Put your hands together. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Give him some praise today. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, I love to pray for anyone joining this service today who may be saying, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. Maybe you said a prayer before, but you backslid into sin and you want to give your life to Christ. I also want to pray for you that God will start something new in your life and, and you know, launch you to a new realm of life. Uh, in him, in the name of Jesus. So if you're on any of our platform, I want you to go to the chat room and just let us know. Uh, I want to give my life to Christ. Or I want to rededicate my life to Christ. And if you're doing that, I want you to put your right hand on your heart and say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. So today, I ask that you forgive me my sin and that you cleanse me from every unrighteousness. I receive you today. As my Lord and my personal Savior, start something new in my life and give me a new beginning. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Uh, if you just said a prayer with me, please go to the chat room and let us know that you just said a prayer. Uh, uh, I just gave my life to Christ. I just rededicated my life to Christ. Our, uh, my colleagues, our officials right there uh, will send you a link with which you can give us your details and we can engage with you and you can be a part of uh, our discipleship experience that will make you stronger in your faith in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, if you're blessed today, again, I wanted to put your hands together and just celebrate Jesus. Father, we thank you for the preaching and teaching of your word and the grace that has been released today in Jesus' precious name. It's time to give to God, and the different ways by which we give will be displayed on, on the screen. I want you to grab your gadget, whatever, uh, anyhow you give. I want you to get set to give to God right now. If you're local to Nigeria, the, the different ways you can give through the three banks are there. USSD code, wire transfers through the listed banks. And if you are 
outside of the country, you can use your card to give through our, our platform, elevationng.org forward slash giving. Use any of your card to give. It's a secure platform, and God will bless you as you do so. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Let's say a prayer together. Father, we thank you for everyone giving today. We release your blessing over every giver, and we ask everlasting Father that you cause the heavens to open over our finances. Honor our seed. Accept it as a worship to you today. Thank you for your grace upon every giver, everyone uh, uh, honoring you with a tithe, everyone redeeming a pledge, everyone giving an offering. We declare in the name of Jesus that as we go into this new week, the heavens open, favor flows, our steps are ordered into places of profiting in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father, in Jesus' precious name. And everyone says a believing amen. Amen and amen and amen. All right? If it's your first time joining us online at any of uh, our service at the Elevation Church, I want to welcome you very, very specially. And if you don't mind, I want you to go to the chat room right now and let us know that it's your first time because we would love to celebrate you and welcome you. So whether you're, you're joining us or, or, you know, online or on TV, please let us know. The details are on the screen on how you can connect with us. We'd love to send you some downloadable gifts that will be a blessing to you and be able to say thank you to you. So our officials uh, online will be able to reach out to you right now. And I, I want you to please respond. Let us know it's your first time. If you're watching on TV, please use the details on the screen to reach out to us. We'd love to send you a digital gift that will be a blessing to you. The Elevation Church exists to make greatness come, and that's our mission. And we know uh, that if you keep joining us online or coming to any of our in-person gatherings, you will uh, experience the grace that lifts people into greatness. We look forward to having you again and again. Please let us know that's your first time so that we can connect with you. Uh, and God will bless you as we do so in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Lastly today, I want to remind you of the outreach program that we have this coming Saturday, the 31st of July, uh, which we call Tribe, which is an outreach dinner to uh, business executives and, uh, you know, corporate executives. If you have anyone around you uh, who caught the picture and you love for them to be a part of this event, you'll see a detail on how you can get invites across to them. It's an outreach event, so we'd love for you to invite people who are on church or unsaved to be a part of it to hold at our pieces conference center at Lekki campus and it promises to be a life transforming experience also if you're watching this on youtube i want you to go ahead and make sure you like this broadcast so that youtube can recommend it to people that you're connected to in in uh, you know on that platform again uh, i pray that god will move your faith to the next level this season and you will return with a testimony in jesus precious name have a great week and god bless you We trust you had a wonderful time in service today and we believe that you've been immensely blessed. Please subscribe to and follow us on all our various social media channels. Remember to also turn on notifications to be among the first to get updates about our upcoming events. To catch up on other service times or to invite someone to watch online, please note that we have service broadcasts at 7am, 
9 a.m., 11 a.m., 4 p.m., 7 p.m. on Sundays, and 5 p.m. on Mondays. Please note that all times are GMT plus one. Simply share the YouTube link with your friends, ask them to visit onlinechurch.elevationng.org. Our online morning prayers Ignite continues tomorrow through Friday at 6 a.m. GMT plus one on Facebook, Zoom, and MixLR. God is answering prayers, filling us with testimonies and changing lives daily as we pray. Please invite your family and friends to join us and do not forget to share your testimonies with us when they come. Join the Vibrant and Loving G-Squad, our volunteer workforce today. There are over 30 units in which you can serve and be served by God. It's simple now as we have two virtual options, Zoom, elevationng.org forward slash techai or LMS, that is self-learning, learning.elevationng.org. Please note, you must have completed membership class to sign up for either option. After registration, you would receive a confirmation email and you can proceed. Have you got kids aged 12 years or younger? We've got exciting news. Vacation Bible School is here. This time it's a hybrid event and it's themed Lava Lava Lao, controlling your emotions. The kids will learn how to keep their cool when things get hot. The three-day Bible School will feature in-depth Bible study, arts and crafts, practical etiquette classes, character building activities, worship curriculum, and a praise party on the last day. Please hold that this will hold physically at the Pistis Conference Center Lekki for kids aged 6 to 12 years and online via Zoom for 4 to 12 years only. For more information and registration, please visit elevationng.org forward slash VBS. For more details and other information, kindly follow us on all our social media handles and turn on your post notifications to receive prompt updates about all our events. Do you have family-related concerns that threatens the peace in your home or you're in need of family life counseling? We have a rich bench of family life counselors who are professionally trained in marriage, relationship, parenting and other family-related matters and they are just a click away. Please don't do life alone. Simply go to elevationng.org forward slash counseling and someone would reach out to you. Join any of our small groups today by visiting connectgroup.elevationng.org to make vital connections for outstanding stewardship and purpose fulfillment. Now that's not all. We also have a vibrant online community you can grow and thrive with. All we have to do is simply visit onlinechurch.elevationng.org or chat with us on WhatsApp via the link now displayed to connect, get counsel, pray, and make friends. We are closer to you than you think, so if you need to reach us, please call 0700-ELEVATE. That's 0700-353-8283 or send an email to info at elevationng.org. We are also available on WhatsApp and you can send us a message on the number now displayed. Put your faith to work this week and it will amaze you what God will do for you and yours if you ask Him. Have a fantastic week. God bless you.